Ramda, good afternoon. Lovely to see you. Let's begin with our first hymn. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let's sit for a moment. Jesus said that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love one another as he has loved us. So mindful then of all those times when we fail to live and love as Jesus did. Let's confess together. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, Thank you. 
Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you. Pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let's stand and say the Gloria together. Glory to God in the highest. Let us pray. God, who at this time taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them the light of your Holy Spirit, grant us by that same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things and evermore to rejoice in your holy comfort. Through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Saviour, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Reading from the book of Genesis, chapter 11. Now the whole world had one language and one common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let's build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, you'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if, was our, if as one people speak in the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading today is taken from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. 
Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who were speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the other parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what is spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I shall show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will turn to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. Listen to the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and it'll be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even though I've been among you for such a long time? Everyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show me the Father? Do you believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The works that I do, I do not speak in my own authority. Rather, it's the Father living in me who is doing his works. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe based on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. 
and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I'll do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you, and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. May I speak and may you hear in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, some of you might be hearing those Bible passages for the first time. For others, they may be quite familiar. And I want to wish you a happy birthday, because they signify the great outpouring of God's Spirit on the church and the birth of the church as we know it. But before venturing to look at that passage from Acts in a little bit more detail, let me help you by putting it into context. Jesus had been understood by the disciples as the great miracle worker, giving sight to the blind, unstopping the ears of the deaf, enabling the lame to leap like the deer in the field. And not only was he the great miracle worker, he was also a promise keeper. So many aspects of his life, even those beyond his own control, like his birth, were fulfillments of Old Testament prophecies. So he was the miracle worker, the promise keeper, and to a people who were being oppressed by the Romans. His coming was a light in the darkness. He brought hope of a new and better future. And so they'd begun to believe in him. They'd begun to ponder that perhaps he was the long-awaited, long-expected, promised Messiah. They put their faith, their hope, and their trust in him. And what happened immediately after that can only be described as a great disappointment. Because the promised one, the Jewish Messiah, was crucified. He died a criminal's death on the cross. Then, after the crucifixion, came an incredible act of joy. Because Jesus, who was dead and buried, rose again. He'd conquered death. And if all of that hadn't been enough of an emotional roller coaster, there was more to come. He died and was buried. He rose again. And then suddenly he'd begun to tell the disciples, I'm not going to be with you for much longer because I'm going back to my father. But before I go, I want to give you a gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that will guide and strengthen you so that you will be able to carry the good news to Jerusalem, to Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. And their experience of the Holy Spirit changed everything. Fearful disciples, men who were paralyzed by anguish, became courageous proclaimers of the good news about Jesus. They went back to Jerusalem to share the good news that death had been defeated and the grave had been conquered. 
And whatever we make of the, the pages of the Bible, we know that that's true. Because their willingness to share the good news about Jesus is arguably the reason why we're here today. Pentecost and their experience of the Holy Spirit changed everything. We're told in the Bible that those early disciples are all together in one place on the day of Pentecost. And then suddenly there came like a mighty wind, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And there were tongues of fire that separated and rested upon each of them. And every single one of them was filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now you may be sitting there thinking, well, that's all well and good for the disciples. They must have been sorted. They dotted every I and crossed every T. If you only knew the skeletons that I had in my cupboard, you'd know that I wasn't worthy enough of anything quite like this. But the incredible thing about this gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit, is this. It wasn't just for the early disciples. It's for everyone who follows Jesus. It's for you. And for me, it wasn't just a historic event, it's also a present reality. If you don't believe me, listen to the prophet Joel, we just heard his words. I'll pour out my spirit on everyone, men and women, old and young, rich and poor. Now correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly sure that everyone means everyone. It includes you and me. The disciples' experience of the Holy Spirit involved three things. First of all, it was a manifestation of God's power. They heard a wind like a mighty gale. I think it must have been like a storm. What was that about? Well, for me, it was a sign that whatever happened on that day had nothing to do with the disciples and everything to do with God's power. The mighty wind was an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual reality. The Hebrew word ruach, which is translated wind, is used in the Old Testament every single time to represent the Spirit of God. And so we're meant to see that Pentecost is the fulfillment of that promise that God would send a Spirit, the Spirit of truth, a comforter to be with us, to inspire us and to guide us as we seek to be his hands and feet in the world. This was the power of God at work. Now let's just pause for a minute there, because when we talk about the power of God, we need to be really careful to clarify that a little. It could be mistaken for human power, and human power can sometimes be oppressive and abusive. It can be about self and elevating self. But God's power is completely different. We see the power of God most clearly in the face of Jesus. It's the face of compassion. 
of understanding, of patience, of peace and love. Supremely, the experience of the Holy Spirit is an experience that reminds each of us that we are seen and known and loved. As Paul puts it, the Son of God loved me so much that he gave himself up for me. The theologian Rick Warren says this about the Holy Spirit. It is to feel loved by God. The starting point of every ministry in the church, every revival, every renewal, every great awakening is the knowledge that we are loved by God no matter what. The Holy Spirit is the one who fuels every revival and it comes from the knowledge that each of us are loved. Each of us are known, every fibre of our being and loved. Secondly, we see an experience of the fire of God. And once again, this isn't actual fire, but we're told that there appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were separated and distributed on each of them. Again, I think that this is a, an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual reality. The fire of God represents his power, his purity, and his passion. And wherever there's an experience of the Holy Spirit, there's new life, new energy, and new vision. I remember growing up as a youngster in church, I'd listened to every Bible story under the sun. I'd sung every hymn in the book, and I knew my way around the prayer book like a pro. But when I went away to university and met young people who were around about my age and saw the faith that they had, I knew that there was something in them that was missing in me. I had no idea what it was but I knew that I wanted it. And it was that experience of the Holy Spirit that enabled me to begin to see myself through God's eyes, known, understood, valued, loved. It changed everything. I don't know what you've been doing over the last couple of days, but I've been avidly watching the events of the Jubilee. It was interesting to watch the Prime Minister arrive at the steps of St. Paul's just a few days ago, greeted by some with jubilation, but by others, perhaps the majority, depending on who you're listening to, with booze. Boris Johnson is an interesting character. I can't but uh, want to read more about him. I feel as if I know a lot about him. If I went on Mastermind, he could be my special subject. But I've never met the man. I know a lot about him. But I've never met him. Are we a church that is content with second-hand 
knowledge about God? Or do we long to meet with him for ourselves? Not just to know of him, but to truly know him. To experience the power of his spirit in our lives and through what we do together. When Jesus went back to heaven, he promises the disciples, I'm going to give you a helper. Now, in some ways, that might have been like a backhanded compliment for the disciples because they might have wanted to, even preferred to have Jesus with them. But the fact that Jesus was going back to be with his Father and giving them the gift of the Holy Spirit was incredible news. Because you see, the physical person of Jesus could only be present in one place and one time. But the gift of God's Spirit means that the power of God can be present with us in all places and at all times. And the incredible thing about that is that God is with us today. We can know his power as we gather. Thirdly and finally, there's something here about languages from God. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them, the Bible says. These were heavenly languages. They weren't learned ones. The Apostle Paul in Corinthians speaks of heavenly tongues and human tongues. Languages that we recognize and languages that we don't. Pentecost is the direct opposite of the story of Babel. Remember John reading it for us? These were people who got together to build a tower from earth to heaven. They had such big egos. They were so convinced that they were equipped for the task, strong enough and able enough, that they began to build a tower that would reach to heaven. A tower that would remind them how supreme and incredible their efforts might be. This tower built in our strength, look what we are able to do. God confuses them by giving them different languages so that they're not able to understand one another. Pentecost, on the other hand, has nothing to do with the people themselves and everything to do with God and his power. They may not have been able enough. Remember, most of them were young, fairly poorly educated individuals. They may not have been able enough, but they were willing enough. And in their willingness to step out in faith, God uses them. And their experience of the Holy Spirit brings a whole new unity to the church. They begin to listen to one another, to understand one another, and to trust one another. And wherever there's an experience of God's Spirit on the move, that's precisely 
what happens in the church. Whether we're Catholics or Orthodox, Protestants or Pentecostals, or any other denomination for that matter, we find unity in the power of God. And the calling of the church is to be in the world, but not of the world. A church that is so profoundly different, so distinctive, that people are drawn to it. So here's a challenge for you at the beginning of a new week. How do you choose to speak of one another? Do you speak well of one another? Do you encourage one another? Do you build one another up? Remember that your friends and neighbours look at you and you may be the only Bible that they've ever read. Do they see Christ in you? And are they beckoned closer to him because of you? Don't forget that Jesus prayed that we should all be one so that the world might believe. That sounds great, but it's not easy. We're all different we will frustrate one another. We will rub one another up the wrong way from time to time. And that's precisely why we need to pray. Come, Holy Spirit, dwell in me so that my words and my ways might be more like those of Jesus. So that I learn to love those, those who are not just like me, but even those who are profoundly unlike me. Do you begin every day then by asking that God would send you his Spirit? Come, Holy Spirit, work in me. Give me the strength to be more like Jesus in what I say and what I do. And living like that will always produce a reaction. It was the case on the day of Pentecost. We're told that some were utterly confused and perplexed. Some were amazed and others stooped and began to ridicule. They've had too much to drink. They've lost their minds. When we dare to live for Jesus... There will be many responses. Some, yes, will be perplexed. Others will make fun. But there will be some that will be truly amazed because they'll see in your lives well lived out something of God's power, something of his goodness, something of his peace and his incredible love. So here we are on the day of Pentecost. Are we together praying for that experience of God's Spirit? An experience that enables us to begin to see ourselves through God's eyes. As people who are seen and known, valued and loved. Is that powerful love? having an impact on our lives, changing and transforming us, enabling us to be more like Jesus, so that in our lives, well lived out, we can bear witness to him.
we know that it's never easy to live like Jesus. For goodness sake, he himself was crucified for living like that. But the Spirit will give us all that we need, all the strength, the courage, and the power to live out our calling. And let's pray together that as we do so, others might see Christ in us, and to him be the glory. Amen. Let's stand then to affirm our faith with the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, Take a seat for a moment. It was lovely to have the bishop with us just a few days ago in the parish. And he's given us two prayers, which he's encouraging us to begin each day with and to end the day. There's copies of the prayers in the bulletin today. Take them away with you. And I'd like to encourage you just to do that, to begin every day with that prayer for the morning and to end with a prayer for the evening as we begin together to discern the vision of our diocese and the way that God is calling us forward. After the service today, please stay for a cup of tea and something to eat. It would be lovely to have a chat with you after the service. And then later on, we've got a practice for Open the Book, which we're doing in um, Gosainham Primary tomorrow morning. If you've never done it before and you love dressing up and making a fool of yourself, it's just the thing for you. Consider yourself signed up. It's lots and lots of fun. So uh, if you've never stayed and you'd like to, it'd be lovely to have you with us. Uh, then just to draw your attention to a couple more things, Mother's Union on Tuesday this week, and then later this week on Friday at 11 o'clock in St. Mary's, the Mother's Union Eucharist for the whole area. And next month, I look forward to celebrating with them. And I hope we'll see a good turnout from the parish whether you belong to the Mother's Union or not, it would be lovely to have your company. Perhaps we can find a cafe and have a cup of tea afterwards as well. 
Finally, just a big thank you to everyone who was working so hard on Friday. It was absolutely incredible. I was a little bit unsure of whether or not I liked the platinum pudding after the first dish, so I had another just to be absolutely sure. I can tell you that by the third, I am a convert. I did like it very much. It was a lovely afternoon, and the weather was very, very kind to us. So it was nice, too, to enjoy one another's company, wasn't it? Let's pray, then. Gwedion. In our prayers today, we remember the Anglican Church of Southern Africa and the gift of the Spirit. We pray for Andrew, our Archbishop, and John, our Bishop. We also pray for Adrian, our Vicar, Reverend Andrew, Elizabeth, Glyn, and their families. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we bring before you the war between the Ukraine and Russia. Your world is praying for the laying down of weapons and for peace between these two countries. We pray that you will bring together the leaders and the politicians and help them to find a way of solving the situation to stop this cruel waste of life and so much pain to your people. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for Elizabeth, our Queen, as we are celebrating her Platinum Jubilee, 70 years of service to the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth. Lord, we thank you for her dedicated service to her people here and around the world. We send her our love and congratulations and continue to pray that she will be guided and comforted by her faith and her love of God for the rest of her life. Lord, in your mercy, Heavenly Father, we thank you for our church and our members as we gather together to worship you. Help us always to believe and trust in you alone. Never let us doubt that you are with us every second of every day or night. O oh Lord, guide and protect all who attend this church. We pray that you will fill us with the Holy Spirit and help us to live our lives in a way that makes a difference in your world. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for all those whose lives have been touched by the death of a loved one. Their mourning makes them feel lost and broken-hearted. We pray that you will be with them, strengthen them, hold them in your arms, and help them to find love, peace, and hope in your presence. Lord, in your mercy. And we pray for ourselves, that we will always feel your presence with us, guiding us on the path that leads to you. Though we get distracted, Lord, allow us to hear your call and follow you always. Our loving Father, we are so thankful that you are a God who loves us, who forgives our sins, and listens to our problems with gentleness and love. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
fearful, weary and anxious, the disciples locked themselves away in the upper room. Jesus came among them and he gave them his peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let's share a sign of that peace together. Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. True and living God, the source of life for all creation, 
always and everywhere you made us in your own image always and everywhere we give you thanks through jesus christ our lord who by his death has destroyed death and by his rising to life again has restored to us everlasting life and so with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven we lord and magnify your glorious name evermore praising you and saying holy Let us pray. Bendigedig uiti ddiw holl y lliog, a mewn arglwyddiesu yn nos y brydychwyd ef Gymryd Bara, ac wedi rhoi diolch i ti fe torodd, a'i rhoi i'w ddisgyblion a dweud. Cymerwch, bwytewch, hwn yw fy nghorff a roedd i'r drosoch, gwnewch hyn. Er cof amdanaf. Blessed are you, Almighty God, because on the night that he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given you thanks, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Rhyn modd ar ôl swper fe gymerodd y cwpan, Ac wedi rhoi diolch i ti fe roddodd iddynt a dweud. A fwch hwn bawb, y cwpan hwn yw'r cyfamod newydd yn fy ngwaed i. A dywelltu'r drosolch a throslawer yn meddeian pechwder. Gwnewch hyn, bob tro'r y fwch eich, er cof amdanaf. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And when he had given you thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink from this, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Therefore, loving God, recalling now the sacrifice of Christ your Son, once and for all upon the cross, and the triumph of his resurrection, we ask you to accept this, our sacrifice of praise. Send your Holy Spirit upon us and on these your gifts, that we may be fed with the body and blood of your Son, and filled with your life and goodness. Unite us in Christ, give us your peace, that we may be his body in the world, and do his work. Through him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honour and glory are yours, Almighty Father, forever and ever. Amen. And so, as our Saviour Jesus Christ has taught us, we boldly pray, each in our own language. Our Father.
we break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ given for you. Feed on him in your hearts by faith and with thanksgiving.
Give thanks to the Lord, for he is gracious. God of truth, we have seen with our eyes and touched with our hands the bread of life. Strengthen our faith that we may grow in love for you and for each other. Through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen.